Hello everyone, Corby here, and thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to Kindle Faith Podcast. On this week's episode, Josh and I continue our conversation about doubt and faith, and specifically how our triune God strengthens our faith in times of weakness by His Word, Baptism, and the Lord's Supper. It is our hope that you are comforted by the truths expressed in this episode. If you have any questions about this episode or our past episodes, you can email us at, at kindledfaith at gmail.com or you can comment on our posts on Instagram or Facebook. So without further delay, here is the last half of our conversation. We hope you enjoy. In a nutshell, this is what Calvinism is. You don't believe in order to belong to Jesus. You believe because you already do. Mm-hmm. Right? We're not trying to earn our acceptance by God through our own believing, through our faith. Yeah. Rather, because God loves us so much, we do have faith and we do believe. Yeah, and I think that's what made um, tough times in my life so hard in the past, right? Um, that I was no longer following Jesus, right? Um, and so I didn't believe, right? You know, things weren't going well, so God wasn't real anymore, right? Yeah. I, I need something new, something different. Yeah. Because this thing isn't working. Yeah. But it's cool that, um, you know, no matter how tough things got, um, there's nothing that stopped Jesus from loving me, right? Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. And dear Christian, that's what, that's like the biggest message we have for you as you're listening to this is not to be uh, in, in despair because you, you have sinned and because you feel the presence of God not um, with you, but rather, um, you know, we, we want to assure you that the promises of God are true. And your salvation is secure. Your salvation is absolutely secure. Mm. Um, and instead of like worrying about our sins, you know, we should confess them and forget them. Yeah. Because when we confess them, God forgives them and he forgets them as uh, far as the east is from the west that's how far god has removed our transgressions from us and that is a promise that isn't just a nice little saying psalm 32 verse 1 blessed is the one whose transgressions is forgiven whose sin is covered the new living translation puts it oh what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven whose sin is put out of sight. And again, these aren't just nice little sayings that you can write on a chalkboard or post on uh, Facebook for the sake of them sounding nice, but these are true, deeply true promises that cannot be broken. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Another question we can ask is, what is true faith? Yeah. One of the documents written in the time of the Reformation is the Heidelberg Catechism. And it's a wonderful catechism, uh, very comforting, very beautifully written. 
Uh, so, Josh, would you mind uh, reading a Heidelberg Catechism question 21 for us? Yeah, I think this is an awesome place to go. Uh, what is true faith? And so truth fa- true faith is not only a sure knowledge by which I hold as true all that God has revealed to us in his word. It is also a wholehearted trust, which the Holy Spirit works in me by the gospel, that God has freely granted not only to others, but to me also, forgiveness of sins, eternal righteousness, and salvation. These gifts are purely of grace only because of Christ's merit. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful summary of what faith is. I think one of the most beautiful things about it is that it's about Christ. Yeah, it's not, it's not nothing to do with me, which is, do with not, me. <laughs> which is not what I understood faith to be. No, right? no kidding. And the only thing there that's the only benefit there for me is the gospel, which is amazing. Is like, being the receiver. Is, of, yeah, I'm a beneficiary. I'm not offering anything, right? Absolutely. Um, it's all the gospel. It's nothing me. It's... um. Like faith is trusting in Christ, not trusting in um, my ability to trust in Christ. Right. So we're and there's a difference. <laughs> right. For sure. So um, some people might not have heard this language, but we see faith as an instrument. Right. Whereby I receive Christ and all His saving benefits. Right. And it's not something I have to create in myself, but it's given to me. And faith isn't. Um, it's not certainty, and I don't think it's like removal of doubt either, hmm. right? Um, and I think that's important, right? Yeah. Um, that kind of touches on kind of what we were talking about a little bit before, right? Like, right. like I don't think faith and doubt are um, opposites. Opposites. Right. Yeah. We're still going to doubt, even though we, we have, have faith. faith. Absolutely. Um, and that's cool. It's awesome. And I'm not. Yeah. And we're not going to lose that faith. No. When we doubt. And how on fire we feel for the Lord on any given day uh, isn't necessarily going to affect our faith either, right? No, that's <laughs> our really... our ability to love our neighbor, um, which we fail at all the time, right, isn't going to um, affect the certainty of our salvation, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. And faith also isn't um, our opinion hmm. or our deep-seated belief right and it's I actually think... a, it's actually a supernatural work yeah not native to us not in internal in us but it's external and it unites us with a an external saving reality who is christ clothed in his gospel yeah the catechism is perfect when it says it's a wholehearted trust revealed to us in his word Amen. right and so it's not something that just magically happens within us right we don't go and talk start talking to a tree right um and find faith right or anywhere else in all of creation and anywhere else in all the creation even though that's evidence of god's existence yeah absolutely but uh, that's not where saving faith is revealed to us no it's not and yeah it's revealed to us in his word that's um that's why we, we ought to be in his word every day yeah not legalistically yeah not showing god hey you can love me because i'm reading your word right twice a day or once a day or how how often but rather this faith god has revealed to us in his word and the holy spirit works 
by the gospel. So we ought not to come to the word to show that, hey, God, you can love us, but rather, hey, you've loved us. So now we can come to your word and be fed by you. Yeah. And I love that it says, not only to others, but to me also. You know, and we can have, um, we can always think that, oh yeah, Christ died for this person or that person. And sometimes we might doubt that, you know, Christ died for me. Yeah. And we can absolutely have assurance. Yes, dear Christian, Christ also died for you. And you can be assured and have confidence by this and know that you have the remission of sins and everlasting righteousness, not just temporary righteousness, right? We have an everlasting righteousness. It doesn't go away when we sin. It doesn't go away when we have moments of doubt. No, it's everlasting. And finally, salvation. And these are all freely given by God, merely of grace, only for the sake of Christ's merits. Not only to others, but to me also, to elaborate on your point a little bit, um, you know, how there's others who are in this with us, right? Absolutely. Um, and so the covenant community gathered mm-hmm. um, is plays such a huge role in in faith and Absolutely. the building of our faith. And um, It's a community project. It's a community project. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. One of the coolest things and affirming for my faith is seeing new believers, especially being in a Reformed church, seeing other people come to the Reformed faith. Like, I just think that it's so cool, right? It just gives you tingles whenever you, like, see someone get it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, grasp the doctrines of grace, right? Yeah, absolutely. I just think that's so cool, right? And yeah. um, And the ministry of the Word. The ministry of the Word. And the ministry of the sacraments. Right. And understanding that... God is present, Christ is present, Christ is given to nourish our faith in these things. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that so much. Another question that we have from the Heidelberg Catechism is question 65. Since then, we are made partakers of Christ in all his benefits by faith only. Whence does this faith proceed? And the answer is, from the Holy Ghost who works faith in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel and confirms it by the use of the sacraments. We've talked about doubt. Yeah. We've talked about about despair. Yeah. And um, we've talked about faith. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about the hope of our faith. Yeah. And how it's dispensed through the preaching of the gospel and the sacraments. And it's just silly, right? Like, if you think about it, it's so simple and it's so silly, you know, the preaching of the word. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think a lot of Christians think that the bread and the wine and the water are foolishness. Yeah. And Paul even mentions that about the unbelieving world thinking that these things are foolishness. Yeah. But in my conversations with other Christians, it seems as though they would think that these things are foolishness as well mm-hmm. and that we ought to not maybe emphasize these things yeah but emphasize more worldly means of power yeah as opposed to uh, bread and wine yeah. and water <laughs> yeah 
when this clicks, when the Holy Spirit works in a person and they, f- they finally see that, you know, Christ has promised to be in these things and to work in these things. Um, these are the things I need. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember for me, that was like a huge, huge, huge turning point in my Christian. And I think a lot of people are looking for a miraculous spiritual experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so they, you know, people would come into a reformed church, for example, and something that I've heard is that, you know, the spirit's not present. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you think about it, based on what God has revealed to us in his word... It's the exact opposite. Exact opposite. Right? It's yeah. this He's feeding us. Absolutely. Um, by the Spirit. <laughs> by the Spirit. And we're not opposed to, like, feelings. No. And many times, sitting in my pew, I have a great uh, variety of emotions yeah. through any throughout any given Lord's Day service. Yeah. So we're not opposed to emotions. However, those emotions don't validate whether or not it's true worship or not. Right. What validates if it's true worship or not is if it's in accordance to God's word right? and um, done in spirit and truth. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit dispenses this hope that we have um, through the preaching of the gospel and through uh, the sacraments. So there's a quote that I really like. John Calvin. Man, this guy's smart. <laughs> I don't even know any of these words. Um, refers to the sacraments as pillars of our faith. Um, he says, For just as a building stands and leans on its foundation, and yet it is rendered more stable when supported by pillars, so faith leans on the Word of God as its proper foundation, and yet when sacraments are added, leans more firmly, as if resting on pillars. Or we may call them mirrors, in which we may contemplate the riches of the grace which God bestows upon us. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's so good. Growing up, I never thought that, um, like we view the sacraments as signs and seals. Um, and Of God's promises of to God's us. Of God's promises to us. Right. And, and never viewed baptism and the Lord's Supper as something that God was doing for us. Right. Um, it was so always it, our work to to him exactly and so if this faith that god is giving us mm-hmm. is supported by these pillars like if if the sacraments are pillars of our faith then that should change our entire understanding of what they are and what's going on in these in these sacraments right um baptism like i have no ability to put up a pillar on my own on the side of a on, on a house, right? <laughs> um, and so if God is putting up these pillars for us to plainly, to support us. To support us, yeah. Right? Um, what does that actually mean? It's a paradigm shift of what you think the, the ordinances are. You know, is it primarily us, we believe, or is it primarily God saying to us, here are my promises, this is my sign, this is my seal, of my promises for you to strengthen your faith. Yeah, and I, I think... Because I don't want to say that there's absolutely no communication from the believer to God in these things. Right. There is. Yeah. But it's not the primary reason for them being given to the church. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and I think it's beautiful to think about um, baptizing uh, infants. Yeah. Because what's actually happening there, right? right? You don't even have the ability to profess your faith yet. And God is reaching down and grabbing you. Yeah. And saying, mine. Yeah, absolutely, mine. And, <laughs> and here are my promises. Here are to my you. promises to you. Yeah, to you. Infant baptism, as opposed to child dedication, where the, the parents dedicate themselves and the child to the Lord. In baptism, we have the covenant Lord dedicating himself to this child. I think it comes back to just the simplicity of it. We're going to sprinkle this water on this right. baby's head. Right. And these promises that God communicates to us through water, that as sure as the water cleanses your head from dirt and from filth, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Mm. This is a promise to you. Yeah. And the Lord's Supper, in that wonderful line that we love so much, don't let the weakness of your faith keep you from coming to this table yeah but rather this is given to you because of your weakness of your weakness so come and taste and see the lord is great and how many um you know both of you are my experiences coming from churches where communion was a sign of commitment a sign of commitment and a and uh and also a renewal right yeah um laying it down yeah you know um and it's comforting to know that I don't have to lay it all down. Right. Or, you know, you or come up, you come up when you're ready to come up. Or I don't have to be I don't have to be right with God all the time in order for him to still feed me. Right. The sacraments are a doubt killer, right? Absolutely, amen. Nothing gets rid of doubt more than seeing a baptism right? Amen. God reaching down and grabbing somebody, putting his sign on somebody, washing away their sins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord's Supper, right? Him feeding me, him actually feeding me, yeah. right? Um, the, the true body and true blood. The true Christ. body and true blood of Christ, right? Yeah. And that's not something that I'm doing, right? I didn't do a bunch of great things that week. I didn't, mm-hmm. in order to earn that, right. right? I didn't. And even in the midst of it, you're not perfect. I'm doubting, you're, you're, yeah. right? I'm doubting but his grace is sufficient, right? right? And growing up, I think remembering my, you know, remembering my baptism was a source of doubt. Absolutely. <laughs> that makes sense, right? No, exactly. Because um, I'm not living up to what I promised. Right. At no. that point, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, coming to the Lord's table was a source of doubt. Yeah. These things are condemning you. They're condemning They're me. showing you how many times you've fallen or how often you've fallen. Because it's primarily not our commitment from us to God, but rather God's commitment from him to us. These things nourish us. These things give grace. These things strengthen us. For those trusting Christ, these things do not condemn us. Yeah. Even if we are struggling in our faith. Yeah. Right? If we're trusting in Christ, baptism, if it's... If it's your sign of commitment to God, how many times have you broken that? Yeah. Right? What does your baptism mean? Yeah. But if it's Christ's commitment to you, yeah. remember it. Yeah. Rejoice in it. Yeah. Sing That's why I said supper. they're doubt killers. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, because they're doubt killers. Remember your baptism. So scripture is jam-packed full of these promises. Yeah. 
Um, and we got a good one here for from Romans chapter 8, the grade 8. Yeah, Romans eight twenty eight, and starting at verse 28, uh, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Amen. I particularly love this, and I can tell why it's called the Great Eight and why so many Christians hold this chapter dear to their hearts. These few verses show how for us our God is. Yeah. And that he isn't out there somewhere and that he isn't distant and right. not caring for us. Yeah. But, you know, he actually loves us. For the struggling Christian, this is amazing to know that God loves us. And these things, though, these things and circumstances in our lives, though they may be painful and weigh heavy on our hearts, that God is using them. For our good, for, for our his good. purpose. That's what, yeah, exactly. Um, and they might not be convenient. Yeah. Um, they're probably going to be pretty inconvenient. Most likely. Um, we're not going to like it a lot of the time. Right. Um, but it's according to his purpose and understanding that he has predestined us um, to be conformed to the image of his son. To be conformed to the image of Isn't his son. That and that's what's going on here. And yeah. it actually is going on. And to believe that that's actually going on right. um, is cool it's awesome right <laughs> um it's encouraging it's encouraging and i think these things in our lives are going on that we wish weren't god is using them for good for good and um for his glory for his glory um and he has predestined us he has called us and we are justified and we will be glorified right right once again that just changes the way we look at doubt and changes the way we doubt I think it changes the way we approach circumstances in our lives yeah. that aren't great. That's right. Some theologians have called this the golden chain of salvation. And those whom he predestined, that's one link. He's called, that's another link. And those whom he's called, he's also justified, which is another link. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, which is the last link. Mm. So these things are all together. Yeah. They're not separated. Right. They cannot be broken. There's no uh getting away from that. Yeah. That's God's promises. Yeah. And so that's why we're so emphatic on trusting God's promises over our own subjective feelings and um, experiences. Experiences, yeah. Yeah, and it, it cuz it, it it changes the way you look at everything. Absolutely. Again, that just brings back to mind that quote from Steve Brown where he says it is dumb to dumb down our doctrine to fit our doubt. Yeah. And this entire story of scripture yeah. <laughs> is what's happening here. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Because um, we talked about earlier throughout the old whole Old Testament, there's just heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. And it's just a, it's just a story of people turning away from God and yeah. him bringing them back. Right. And it's always him doing it. Right? right, and Absolutely. he never he never doesn't do what he promises to do. Right, so he says to David, 
after you, one of your sons is going to sit on the throne forever. And God knew all of David's sons were going to be horrible men. (laughs) And that David was going to be only the real kind of good guy, even though he was a murderer and an adulterer. But God's promises ring true, and we have Christ coming in onto the scene. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and we've touched on it, but I think this ultimately is where we take our doubt. Yeah. God's faithfulness. God's promises. Yeah. God's promises. We'll leave you this week with uh, just the end of Romans 8. What do you got there? What? What do you have there? We will leave you with a rendition of Smooth Criminal <laughs> by, by <laughs> Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. <laughs> oh, bro, that's funny. So we thought it'd be great just to leave uh, you with the ending of Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed this episode of A Kindled Faith, please make sure to subscribe in itunes or your favorite podcatcher and you can drop us an email at akindledfaith at gmail.com and you can find us on facebook and instagram at akindledfaith